0: Yo, it's the Raji Rabbit and Friends Podcast. Alright, welcome back to the Raji Rabbit and Friends podcast. This episode, very awesome episode. I get to interview one of my mentors who brought me into the game. He's from Evansville, Indiana. Well, in the area of Evansville, Indiana, which is where I'm from. So this is kind of a big hometown tribute. And if you want to listen to this, you will be in the mind of one of the people who helped bring me up when I was 16 years old is when I met this gentleman, Mixmaster Jones Capone. The reason I interview an influential DJ to me is because without him, I really would not have made it this far where I am in San Diego, California today. I actually had to get somebody to give me guidance, because when you first start out with no direction and just turntables, you can go off in some some weird areas and never learn the correct techniques. I mean, this was also before YouTube, so uh, you'll get a great look into the mind of uh, one of my really, really good friends, and uh, this will prepare you for an interview that I will be doing in a couple weeks with uh, DJ Jam, from uh, the Death Row Records days all the way on up to the Up and Smoke Chronic 2001 Dr. Dre tour. Uh, DJ Jam still DJs for Snoop Dogg and is an awesome, awesome friend of mine. So he is coming up in a couple weeks, but I thought it would be cool to uh, share with you an interview with a guy who means a lot to me, uh, someone who helped me learn a lot of my craft when I started, uh, Mixmaster Jones Capone. This interview is done by phone, so my mic will also sound a little bit phone quality, but bear with us. It does sound really good, and uh, it's a really fun conversation. So let's get into the interview.
1: I'm in my car on lunch break, recording this podcast through the phone. So that's cool. I like to be <laughs> spontaneous. On the floor, right. right now, my homie, my mentor, Nick master Jones, the phone. What's
2: up, buddy? What's up, everybody? What's up, Rod?
1: Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I kind of surprised this uh, on your hair, but uh yeah, dude, uh, well, I want to tell you, I'm interviewing, I got an interview coming up, uh, I think I'll air yours first, the next interview will be uh my other DJ friend that I have uh, come to know and I've looked up to you before I even knew him, because uh, I uh, just saw him on that DVD, I watched a lot of Up and Smoke tour, but the next interview, the next episode will be DJ Jam, so, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. the interview is gonna come after your interview. Because I want people to kinda of get an idea of uh my background and stuff and just uh, talk to you man and kick it about the old days, man. Do you remember when right. you know, remember when we met, dude?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was uh I think I came into uh, you were working at a at the book broker, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Useful, in Evansville yeah. and uh yeah, I walked in just looking for records, man and and here comes DJ Rods walking up the steps. He's like, "Man, you, you DJ," and that was pretty much it, man. We just started talking from there, and it just it just blossomed. Everything just blossomed, bloomed out of control, man. It, it, uh, it was, as far was, as, as Evansville went, yeah, it was, so it was dope. pretty cool, man. Because like, uh, I remember I just remember doing like, uh, you know, we did you know we did some parties and whatnot. But I also remember um, like I know I know like there were DJs. And, <laughs> There were DJs that were really big in Evansville at the time. DJ Boom Boom being one of them. Yeah. I remember us leaving a leaving a bar or or uh-huh. restaurant. We were leaving somewhere, and yep. uh, the guy walked around the corner and said, "You're, You're not boom, boom Boom." Yeah. Do
1: absolutely. You remember that one? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I remember that. I think he threw a rock. Threw some rocks, <laughs> right. I was like, "You're not Boom Boom." Yeah.
2: Dude.
1: <laughs> I was so like taken back by that. I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Right. So right. You know, but, like, it was, like, it was nuts, dude. Not I, I was, like, your apprentice at this time. I mean, I, I I chimed in with records, and we did, like, you know, the four, whole, you know, two-by-four set, you know, of, of running. Right. And it was so dope, dude, because I remember you invited me to your house, man, and I was stoked about just being able to play two records together. You know what I mean? I wasn't really good at doing anything really, really with them, you know? And, um, <clears throat> you know, I got to see you do it, and you just always, like, do the juggling and practicing on the run dmc records and that was so dope you know i was like wow, right. and uh right and that's and, a, i mean that's a
2: it's just that's that dmc a lot of there's a lot of records that are just good start points but i just figured you know um like at the time i mean at the time we were both really learning like you i don't know if you knew that but like i just like basically i mean it's been a while since i was into it you know i just came off of a like a basic hiatus, you know, pretty much 10 years. And, uh, I came off a basic hiatus of just doing sound. I was trying to learn as much as I could about sound and sound equipment and stuff like that. And, um, um, I was just, I was getting back into it trying to learn a bunch of stuff, you know, new stuff, whatever they had out. And, uh, and, uh, I just, I guess you were just so long for the ride, you know what I mean? But you learned, yeah. you learned so fast, man. Cause I remember, uh, you know, before before everything, before we knew it, you know, there was a. I mean, you already knew everybody like DJ Flax, so of course, Boom Boom, and you know, there were other DJs that were real prominent at the time. X Ray, X Ray.
1: Yeah. X Ray feel like
2: the. I don't know. Me and X Ray like X Ray still like the god to me. You know what I mean? He was, you know, Kentray and you know he worked with bands and he truly DJ master. You know, he's like the DJ Jedi of this this area and you know. We, but um, yeah, man. At the time it was just real. It was just it was just real like a learning experience. You know, I was yeah. just trying to go through. Dude,
1: and, we set up we set up everywhere. Like it was so cool. Was like we I wanted to just DJ the fucking DJ. So. We actually, like, when we found, we found like, an outlet, like, if there was an outlet that was open <laughs> and had a lot <laughs> Right, of two, right. we fucking did it. Did you remember when the parks and rec people told us we had to stop? Because, like, the park right. cop, the park cop, and we set up at this park uh, in this uh, apartment complex. Uh, they had a, this park, and with was a pool, and it was closed. The pool was closed at the time, but we found a, an outlet we could actually reach behind that, like, right. gate or something, right? And we... Right. Uh, we plugged in, and we just set up and played for free. Just, it just right. played music, you know, Right. In, in the park. No one was there at first, you know, and then people would come up. Right, and, and it turned into, know? like,
2: before we knew it, it was like a party. Like, people just, like, from all over were just, like, all around us. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Cool.
1: It was awesome, and, it, you know, it was fun because, uh, I mean, we did it a couple times, and then we were like, well, we're going to we get in trouble because uh, uh, there's park cops, apparently, and they right. come around. You never see them, but they'll fucking come around when you start Playing some shit in their system, man. right? Hilarious. This is all back in Indiana, and this is God forever ago. I'm 31 <laughs> now, and there, that was when I was 16. Right. So, you, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, great. I Had long hair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it was, it was so crazy, but oh, like that. I mean, so nuts. But look, people like a lot of people don't get it's like that is that is a like most you can you can almost talk to any. Any DJ, and at one point, you know what I mean? They're going to say, yeah, like any professional DJ, like that you would know now, like even, you know, Jeff, Cash Money, you know, all these great DJs, DJ, you know, uh, Grandmaster Flash, you know what I mean? Mixmaster Ice, all these, all these DJs, that's where they all started, was out of their own neighborhood in the park. And that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things they did that really, you know what I mean? That let them know, hey man, you know, Blah, 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 I was in the park. But it was a big deal. It was a big deal to get, like, I mean, it wasn't a setup that we did that. It was just a coincidence, you it, know what I mean? That we super, did it.
1: Super spontaneous, man. We were, right. Because I would be here at health every day practicing every day with you, man. I remember my first car was a fucking van, a huge Ford
2: Econoline. Oh, my God. That van, you and the van, man. I'll never forget that van. You used to drive that van like you were in New York all the time. If the dude, speed limit was 30, it was going to do 80. It was crazy. That van took us everywhere. Oh, my God. If you still worked at the book poker, you were still getting like, you. I mean, you got that mad vinyl up there too, man. You know. yeah
1: we, yeah, it was some old stuff you know would come in and you know, and it was cool. I used to get a gang of record. I used to buy them off people because people come in to, to sell them to us, and we didn't have the, too many in stock and uh, you know I'd just be like, you know, here's ten dollars for a whole lot of thousands, you know, and I, right. I eventually I just kind of lost track of it, slash gave up on it slash threw away thumbs, slash you know a lot of reasons for not collecting the old old vinyls because I had a bunch just just fucking anything. I'd buy anything. it would be the most recent right. record in the world, but I'd have it. Um but because uh, I just wanted a vinyl collection at that time. But anyway, uh you know, uh it was so much fun man to to learn uh underneath you and for you to teach me so much stuff, it's really cool. You just uh you just completed a a battle out in Louisville, uh right, Louisville, Kentucky?
2: Right, Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Yeah, man. You played second. That's dope. That's dope. What yeah. do you do when you get ready for a battle set, man? Because, like I mean, you actually can do tricks and a lot of things. You know, I like to beat juggle and I've definitely Got to pick that up from you, but uh, it's a, a set, like you're awesome at it. You do tricks and physical movements. That, I mean, I liked that, but at the time when I was studying under you, I was a fat motherfucker, and <laughs> I, I wasn't doing no like between the legs shit, man. You can do that. Uh, what, what what is it like to be putting together a battle set, man?
2: Like a battle set, like when I try to I, like I try to approach a battle set like I was going against – you know, some of the best DJs in the world. That's my mindset. And then um, I just really just kind of, you know, really walk through the music. I just try to walk through the music and see, you know, just really see what I could do. You know what I mean? If there's a, you know, I I really look for breaks, a lot of breaks. I'm into that. I'm, I'm into looking for um just just different sounds and and things like that that you can manipulate and then like um then what's a you know, you can get a small routine together, like six minutes, and six minutes could take six months, you know, six, seven months to put together right. a right. six minute battle set, you know what I mean? And then you have to incorporate, you know, everything into your one set, into the six minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're trying to incorporate, you know, the scratching you know, you're trying to show your skills, um, you know, flair scratching, transforming, you know, all that into your set, plus you're trying to incorporate, of course, body tricks, and you're trying to incorporate, you know, beat juggling and, you know, all that into, like, six minutes. And it can, <laughs> it can get real crazy, but when I approach it, man, like, I try to approach it, like, more on like I try to be as as original as I c as I possibly can. Like no one's ever done anything to this song. Or no one I've never heard anybody do something to this song. You know what I mean? Right, and I approach right. it like right. I approach it like that. You know what I mean? And a lot of a lot of it is like old school. Like a you know, James Brown is, is probably the most sampled person in the world. And yeah. but there's you know, his music is so you know, so worldwide, so versatile. You can I could put a James Brown song and they would really know, like I got it set to I feel good. You know yeah. what I mean? And it probably takes all of you know, maybe a minute to get through, forty five seconds, maybe mm-hmm. a minute to get through. And uh like just you know, just really manipulating the breaks off James Brown. He has so many great breaks in his music. You know, like you could really go in and find his break and just really manipulate it and it sound good, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, man, when when I approach a battle and like it's it's one thing doing it in the house. It's 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 one thing doing it in your house and you practice, you practice, you know what I mean? But no matter what, you know, and I never I never understood this, but it's truly like like someone's getting ready to fight you, like in a battle. It it's it's like that fight or fight thing. It truly is like that. You get nervous you know what I mean? You're looking at your competition. You're nervous. You know what I mean? My handshake at the beginning. But it's truly like that. And then you're either going to throw that punch or you're not. You know what I mean? You yeah. Either, yeah, you're either going to go in and do it. But once you once you spin that first record, once you let go or spin that, rec- that first record, it kind of all goes out the window. Then you just all concentrate and you just, you know what I mean, you just know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because you've yeah. done the set. A million times, you know what I mean. But it was, it's it's a, it's definitely different being in a battle. It's definitely different, yeah. you know what I mean. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's really. It's it's really one place that you can really showcase you and yourself and your skills, and people can like appreciate that. And a lot of people that you wouldn't think would appreciate something of that nature, you know what I mean, really do. Like people still like, hey man, this guy can really DJ, or this guy, you know, these these yeah. guys here. You know this this group of six or seven guys, they really, they really know what they're doing. They they really get it in. So it's it's really good.
1: Right. Well, that's 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 the behind the scenes mindset on the battles, man. Do you remember when we used to play? Uh, we used to play. We used to play together so much, man. Do you remember we we getting so so much sync with each other, right? That we right. <laughs> we. Yeah, and then a part would come out, you know, to accentuate a, a song or a remix. I mean, you know, you got like multiple tracks going at one time. And I we'd be, I'd be on an instrumental, and you'd be on a, you know, uh, you know, having two records going. I'd have two records going, and uh, damn near all of it at the same time. And then, um, right? Uh, you got all these sound sources, and we <laughs> we'd go to yeah. cut the volume out because we wanted like to, something to to highlight, you know. So right. I'd kill my volume. And you'd fucking kill your volume at the same time Just you it for a second. And, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and we looked at each other all surprised like, oh, goddamn, you cut it there too? That's right. a, that was an hilarious, dude. Oh, right.
2: That's, I mean, that's just the thing, you know. That's when you're like, I mean, that's kind of like a zone, though. You know what I mean? Even yeah. like it's like, it's really like having a band, you know what I mean? Because right. a band does that. A band will vibe off each other, you know what I mean? And it's right. the same thing for DJs. Like, DJs vibe off each other. And they can, you know, they, they start feeling it, you know, you just kind of zoned out. And you're like, all right, I'm going to cut it off right here. And, then, you know, everybody's kind of thinking the same thing, you know, at the same time. You know, right. I'm gonna cut it off here, and it's just it's gonna be this. It's gonna ride, and it's gonna sound good, and everybody's kind of thinking the same thing. So it happens a lot. It happens more often than not. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. you get a. You know you get it you know especially when you're freestyling like we were and we were you know we're in the club though you know it's just yeah. kind of freestyling and boom you know everything kind of goes off and then comes back on everybody's like <laughs> but the, you know but the crowd you know what i mean they're like oh, what happened oh they're over and barking you know what i mean they're over yeah. killing it you know what i mean they did that shit on purpose they did it at the same time you know what i mean So you know it's just kind of cool i, I dig that kind of stuff but it's truly like oh, yeah. a band anytime you get more than more than one DJ together, and they're actually playing together. It it can it can really be it can really be crucial. It's crucial, you know. what I mean, it sounds good, and especially if you got two DJs of any kind of you know it, that are on the same caliber, it's awesome. It could be real awesome.
1: So, so what were some of your uh, influences as far as DJ uh, DJs that, that you got inspired by before you started DJing?
2: But yeah, you know, I remember. Oh right? gosh <laughs> So, <laughs> so like I mean, it's like I mean, I just, like the more the more I get into it, the more I get into hip hop. Not so much, you know, just the music, but I'm real. I'm a real big hip hop fan. I always have been since like since the birth of hip hop. I remember I was 11 years old, and the first hip hop song I ever heard, of course, was Rapper's Delight. But, you know, I was, I'm 11. You know, 10, 11 years old. It's 1979, and I'm over at my cousin's house, and he's got this boom box, this big old boom box, you know what I mean? And he sticks it in the tape, and it's Rapper's Delight, you know what I mean? And I'll never forget how my – the thing that's so funny, I'll never forget, I have a cousin, another cousin. His sister came out and said, this is the nastiest music I ever heard. They're in there cussing, and – Blah, 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 and there ain't no singing, and blah, blah, blah. You know, they were real big bootsy-collins fans, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, I'll never forget it. But anyway, it was Rapper's Delight. And I knew, you know, I knew, I knew at 11 that that was, that was what I dug. You know, that's my music. You know what I mean? That's my music. Well, of course, by the time I get to high school, you know what I mean? Run DMC 1982, uh, Run DMC comes out with their first album. Never thought anything about it. I heard, you know, run GMT, I picked up their their tape. Everything's great. And then Jam Master Jay. There's a song on there called Jam Master Jay. And I just could not get my mind around what he was doing with two records. I just could not get my mind around it. You know what I mean? And I had a a buddy, and uh, he's now in Indianapolis, man. And uh, he he brought over his turntables, man. And uh, he called me on the phone, and he says, he says, "Walter, I got it, I got it." He's like, "I'm coming over right now, I got it." <laughs> and he drove a he drove a Jetta, and so he comes over in the Jetta and he sets up like he just brings two copies of Jam Master J. That's you know the vinyl, the record, and he right. brought, brings over two copies and he starts scratching. He's not really scratching; he's like cutting. So he's just going, J A Y. J J J A Y, And he's cutting that part and I just my man, if you can if if I if I can repeat that moment, I guarantee I turned ghost life I was like, Oh my god, he's figured it out. You know what I mean? He's yeah, truly figured yeah. it out. And so that was it. That was my beginning. Like my influences were like Jam Master Jay, of course Grandmaster Flash, he was like just like the God at the time. Grandmaster Flash was like the God. And then like um there's other DJs out there, you know what I mean? I really like Jeff wasn't actually out yet. This is before Jazzy Death, but um uh DJ Cash Money had had that record out, you know, on the wheels and still he is and uh then there was another group called Tough Crew and they had a DJ in there and he he was just super ridiculous at the time i had no idea who he was but the dj was from plainfield new jersey he was the first winner of the dmc and uh or yeah the hip-hop dmc contest and he was a big influence on me you know what i mean but the older i get the more of course when you start digging into records and you start digging into the art form and you know of hip-hop and you know all the you know graffiti writers and all these mcs and you know what i mean all these other djs man you could find out so much i found out like you know like grandmaster flash he was like the king of the quick cut like he could really just like he was so fast and so it was so fast and so good and so clean the way he used to scratch like people just really could not believe it Anyway, comes comes down to it, like Grandmaster Fox, his influence was another guy. His name was Grandmaster Flowers, and he's also from Brooklyn, New York. Now, Flowers was like, he's the guy, these guys back, this is way back. So you're talking about these guys didn't have rap music. Like, it was just, it was just, uh it was just regular popular music i guess at the time you know i mean more soul train stuff but anyway this guy grandmaster flowers you know this is for cool hearts but this guy used to go and he used to like um that's what he used to do he used to find like um the beginning of the record find the break of the record and stuff like that these guys were actually out there doing that you know just really out there trying to find the breaks and and they would manipulate the record not really the way we do but they would manipulate the record from the beginning to the end to the you know to the yeah. middle then yeah. back to the beginning you know what I mean and these guys were actually bringing it you know just bringing the the whole thing of hip hop they brought it They brought what they had to these other DJs, and these other DJs just took it from there, you know what I mean? But there was definitely a sooner start to it, you know? You know, there was a, you know, Curtis Blow, he was a DJ. And Curtis Blow's, you know, biggest, you know, his his whole influence was this DJ, DJ Pete Jones. And Curtis Blow called himself a DJ Pete Jones clone. And it was so crazy because this guy took his influence and put it on Curtis Blow. Of course, Curtis Blow's DJ was DJ Run of Run DMC, who actually put his influence on Jam Master J, who was one of my influences. So you could actually see yeah. just how the, all everything just kind of walked, you know, just kind of walked its way up. You right. know what I mean? So, sure, yeah, it, yeah. It, Right. It's it's really cool to see, you know, to see that, you know what I mean, there was a definite start to this. And, and you know what I mean, I really think it's DJs. Like, uh if you're going to elevate the art form, I, I really think that you have to know where, you, where you've been because you don't know if you're going to do a 360 or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know what I mean? You don't want to, you know what I mean? If we're going to elevate the art form, I really think, like, DJs, especially, you know, if you're into hip-hop or anything like that, I think you've really got to, you know, know about these guys. These guys are so... You know, people just think, well, it was Cool Hark and he started to break and it just went from there. But it was way before that, you know. And these guys, I, you know, after, you know, like I said, after just really digging into it, you know, I can see where my influences and, and some of the things I still do today have actually came from, like, they're, they're called the founding fathers is what they're called. But, yeah. like, um. But like, these guys have, have, like, my influence actually came from the founding fathers, like, right. you know, Pete Jones, DJ Flowers, right. you know, Grandmaster Flowers and things like that. And just see how, like, other DJs, like great DJs, like Cash Money, Jazzy Jeff, you know what I mean? There's Grandmaster Flash, King Capri included. You know, all these great DJs have actually had their their roots start from these founding fathers. And you can actually hear their influence in their music, like the way they, the way they scratch, you know, some yeah. of the things they do so it's kind of yeah. cool but yeah <laughs>
1: that's, awesome, that's awesome man and you know right. so real quick what do you um how much do you like technology um now that it's there because i mean obviously we both started off well uh with, with records uh and uh carry i mean fuck man i remember carrying so many records into the gigs you know right so i mean i isn't it cool that we don't have to carry records around right
2: that was the that was the main thing about serato that i really dug so, I mean, it's just I just wanted to put I just wanted a different crate that I could carry around that was real light, that was pretty much, and that's that's the way I still look at it. I really don't. I mean, of course there are influences and, and, and enhancements that you could use, you know, with Serato. Of course, the loop thing is really cool with me, you know. But you know, some of the some of the things we were, you know, we were we were doing even even before you know Serato, like cue points on the record. And, all that you know what i mean i think they just incorporated that into a digital form right and well, I, mean,
1: I think the the biggest benefit is uh is, is the weight and the time uh, oh yeah i i remember dude i was down with a metronome and actually manually clocking records you know right um, right so, and, and putting right. a sticker on the right side of it uh just to, to kind of keep track as like i was flipping through and i'd organize them by bpm you know uh right. in real in real life and then then you know having something now where if you get a thousand new songs at one time, for some reason they're not analyzed, you can batch right. analyze it overnight. You wake up in the morning and there's a thousand songs clocked. I mean, fuck, if I clocked a thousand right. manually with a I thought that was cool, too, because, like, it.
2: I mean, just sitting around, like, I remember, uh, like, you had the metronome. You had the metronome, and you lived. Yeah, and I, I actually picked up that, uh, it was a Pioneer. I think it was the 800, the 4-channel right. 800, right. and it had a right. <laughs> it had a BPM thing on it. I, I thought it was the best thing in the world, you know, just play a record. The BPM would pop up here in about 30 seconds. I'd write it down on the record, you know. All right, there, yeah. <laughs> you know and it was kind of cool, you know, that was real cool. But, man, yeah, absolutely, man, not carrying, you know, two to three peach crates full of records yeah. to a party in yeah. – it that was incredible i th- i yeah. thought that was the best thing in the world that that was sliced butter <laughs> <Well, laughs> slice bread how,
1: how how did you get your name i want to talk to you about that real quick cuz it's mixmaster jones capone
2: right well before i was jones capone i was uh, I was overlord CT, and i had been that oh my god Since uh since the beginning you know what i mean i was i was you know, it was it was uh, Overlord CT. I had a breakdance crew, and you know I had the dudes <laughs> on my all my crew who did graffiti, and we was we were breakdancers. I was DJing. I had an MC. You know I used to rap, blah blah blah. But the name stuck. You know, like the name the name stuck like for the longest. Like people would just even to this day, like there's still some people that'll jump up and say CT. You know, Overlord CT. You know, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that name really stuck forever, but I couldn't get past it. Like I don't know, I couldn't get past. You know, I, I'm uh, I was raised in a big Christian household. My dad was a preacher. You know, brother came a preacher, sister married a preacher. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just really couldn't get past the name Overlord, and it bugged me. It bugged me forever. And uh, it just came down to it. You know, one day I just switched up the name. And um, I just went with Capone because, like, basically I thought, you know, I was actually reading about him at the time, I think, or something. And I uh, went with Capone and then Mixmaster Master because, like like I said, Mixmaster. Master. Well, Mixmaster Master Ice was a big influence on me, too. Um I kind of picked that up and then my my last name, Jones, and it all kind of went together, Mix Master nice. Jones Capone. And that's well, really just how I came in. But yeah. uh Well, I wanted to just
1: yeah, so so you just so you just kind of came up with it
2: like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely, mixmaster. Because I didn't want to be DJ. I did not right. want to be DJ. Blah blah blah. Because there was a million DJs. There was DJ this, DJ that, and DJ DJ. Right. And so I didn't want to be DJ. So I went <laughs> with mixmaster. And then, right, I went with mixmaster, my last name. And then I was actually at the time I was reading about, you know, Al Capone. And it, I really wasn't reading about you know, everything that he did. I was just reading about what he had done, like, through Evansville and, and our area. You know right. what I mean? And there was Evansville, a base of yeah, operations yeah. for Al Capone through Evansville and whatnot because you yeah. can get places from Evansville. And I was yeah. really reading about that thing, and I just went with Capone because, like, I, the way he had a his, – his setup was just so – I mean, he was truly, like, the man. He was, like, the godfather, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, he was, yeah, like, yeah. the man, you know what I mean? I, this yeah. is what I'm going to do. And so I kind of went yeah. with that.
1: Nice. Well, that's dope, dude. That's cool. I don't think I ever really asked you the origin <laughs> of the name. So, dude, I think so much, man. I just really wanted to reminisce a bit and uh, kind of uh, let everybody that uh, knows me now kind of know where I came from a bit, you know. And you're one of my mentors, man. You helped me, uh, help guide me in my direction, and and like I said, what for you, man? I, the the rabbit wouldn't exist. So, uh, you know, <laughs> little, uh, you know, I just wanted to, to touch base with you, man, let my listeners to you because. Actually, bring you up in the, in the podcast with Jam. So, this is going to preempt that because I want people to kind of say, oh, that's that guy when I start talking about you in the other podcast. Right. So, uh, so, yeah, man, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank Roger, you, Roger. Roger, Rabbit, and Friends, available on iTunes. Subscribe. And, uh, hell yeah. Thanks, brother.
2: No problem.